Hey everyone, you're listening to the 107 podcast where we get together every fortnight to talk about technology, business, and the humans in it. I'm your host, Ivan Stegich. In this episode of the podcast, I'm chatting to Colleen Clarkson, who is a Drupal front-end developer and entrepreneur based in Atlanta, Georgia. Kaleem, welcome to the podcast. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to be talking with you. Now, I think that I might have sold you, sold you short on the initial introduction by saying you're a front-end developer and entrepreneur because I've seen your LinkedIn profile and there are many titles on that profile. You are involved <laughs> what seems like everywhere. Yeah, I, I kind of like to do a lot of things. A lot of that is old history. Um, but yeah, uh, early on in my career, I started, uh, I started my own nonprofit in college. I had a lot of fun with that called Concerts for Charity. We booked a lot of concerts all over the place. Got to work with some cool artists. We got the, we got the book Blind Melon on their comeback tour. That was cool. Um, Slick Rick. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to name drop. Sorry. Well, you, so, you just did, but that's okay. <laughs> are those, those are, I'm going to assume they're metal. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, we did do a lot of metal shows. I guess Blind Melon was kind of like, remember the Bumblebee song? Oh, yeah. The Bumblebee yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, unfortunately, this singer passed away years and years and years ago, but then they made a little comeback, and we were like one of the first uh, venues to be able to book them in Portland, Maine, at a club called The Big Easy back, back in the day. So, yeah, I mean, that was really fun. Um, so that, that was kind of like where I started. My, my first interest was definitely nonprofit life. And, you know, we, we ended up doing a lot of great things. We did document uh, documentary with uh, Trey Anastasio from Fish. It was with uh, a voter registration group. They're still great. Um, Andy Bernstein. Uh, it wasn't Rock the Vote. It was A Call to Action. It was um, a documentary with a nonprofit called Headcount. There we go. I knew it was going to come to me eventually if I kept talking. Um, but anyway, you know, it was really neat. They're, they're a great organization. They still exist. They kind of, um, they started in the jam band scene kind of, and, you know, they just register voters at concerts, plain and simple, and nice. able to connect with them. And we did this documentary that was great. We got the, uh, you know, their board of directors is awesome. They have, you know, Bob Weir from the Grateful Dead on there. Nice. Um, you know, Bela Fleck from Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. So we were able to record this documentary with those artists and we got to premiere it at HBO. So that wow. was in Manhattan. So that was pretty, that was pretty dope. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, there, there was that. And then I uh, kind of moved on um, from there, uh, moved to Atlanta with my wife. My wife and I moved down here and it's been great. We've been here about 10 or 11 years. And I work at Kennesaw State University. Um, I work for the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning, so I owe all my Drupal education to Kennesaw State. Thank you. Pretty much how all the many Drupalers come aboard. You know, somebody came, my boss came to me and said, I need a password-protected website for our accreditation reports. I go to our UITS department, and they're like, yeah, there's this thing called Drupal. Here you go. And uh, I think that was Drupal 6, the tail end of Drupal 6. So. You know, I started like a, like a lot of people start, you know, I downloaded the, the tarball, installed mm -hmm. it. I wasn't allowed to add any modules because I was controlled by the university. And then I just kind of grew from there. I started going to 
I remember asking for support, like, how do I learn about this Drupal thing? And they were like, you need to go to these meetups. That's probably your best place. So I showed up at um, one of these meetups in Atlanta and I show up and all these, the place was packed and all these people with media current jackets were on sitting there and I'm like, who's this, who's this group? And um, it just kind of took off from there. So that's where I, I currently still work there. And then most recently my wife and I start our own consulting company. So it's been a fun ride. I like to do a lot of things. And then with the Drupal community, as far as the Atlanta Drupal's users group, I just got more involved with the Atlanta Drupal's users group. And um, at the time, I believe Media Current was kind of running all of the Drupal Camp Atlantas for a long time. And they just, you know, they blew up, of course, with a ton of work. And they just like, hey, we need a break for a second because we have a really, really big client. I'm not sure if I can say what league it was, but it was a very major sports league. So I stepped up and said, hey, you know what? This is what I do at my university job. I organize a lot of conferences for faculty development. So teaching faculty how to teach layman's terms. If my boss ever hears that, he'll, he'll kill me because <laughs> faculty development is so much more than that. But for most people, that's what I tell them. So yeah, I got, I, that's how I got involved. And then I stepped up. And so I'm in my fourth year as the Drupal Camp Atlanta Project Lead. So it's been really exciting. Thank you for doing that. I, it's volunteers don't get enough praise and thanks across the many different camps and cons and industries that they deserve. So appreciate that. for doing that. Thank you for stepping up. A lot so, of people ask me why. Why do you do it? I was, that was actually going to be my next question. It seems like you were thrown into Drupal because you wanted to achieve a certain outcome. Absolutely. But you stayed with Drupal. You're part of the community. You're continuing to give back. You're organizing. Why? 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 This is going to sound odd, but like, so, you know, in college, I had a pretty good time. Okay. I went to college in Worcester, Mass. And I uh, went to a college at the time, it was Worcester State, Worcester State University. It's about 45 minutes west of Boston. And, and, you, uh, and you're from Maine, right? You're from yes, Maine. that's right. I probably should have said that first. I'm, I'm originally from Bangor, Maine. So I grew up in the whitest state in the country, believe it or not. I didn't um, know that. Yeah. All I know about um, <laughs> Bangor, Maine, is that it is what seems to be in the most northeast corner of the United States you could possibly be in. Maybe there's one or two other places. I think there's, there's obviously some, because Bangor is only about halfway up, the, well, a little bit more than halfway up the state, so I'm sure there's more, but I think that's the last airport. Is it really? Yeah, and most people associate Bangor with Stephen King, of course. Hi, Mr. King. And Paul King. Bunyan. And Paul Bunyan, yes. So, hi, Mr. King, hopefully you're doing well. It's clean. Um, <laughs> it was great growing up. It was a very safe place to grow up, but it's kind of funny, a lot of my my childhood experiences I'm really realizing were our valuable experiences to kind of teach other people about diversity and inclusion. So it's, it's been kind of, it's been kind of rewarding, I guess, from that, from that standpoint. So, but anyway, back to why I do things um, voluntarily. So I went to college, had a great time, uh, played division three college football there. And basically we threw a ton of parties. I mean, like <laughs> when it comes down <laughs> to the basics, we just do lots of parties and I actually um, enjoy throwing parties. So I like to put on a good shindig and make sure people are having a good time. So, you know, that's how Conscious for Charity really started. I was like, I want to do, do something good for people, but at the same time, I want to have a good time. 
want to have fun and do good at the same time. I mean, it, it just makes sense. Absolutely. You know, so that's kind of, you know, that's was some of my motivation for, you know, doing Drupal Camp Atlanta. I want to make sure everybody has a great time. So I've just kind of morphed into kind of a weird, like a event planner from, from college. So yeah, that's why I like to do. I like to make sure people have a good time. And are you, when is this year's uh, Drupal Camp Atlanta? Oh, you had to do that to me. Didn't I'm you? so sorry. <laughs> I want to say it's November 8th. It's DrupalCampAtlanta.com. Call for proposals are not open quite yet, but just keep an eye out. Follow our Twitter. I think we're DrupalCamp underscore Atlanta. You can just search us. You'll find us. Drupal Camp Atlanta, when we stepped up to kind of take it over, um, as a users group, we decided to to bring it to Kennesaw State University, which where where I you know work now, and um, it was just easier for us to be able to to get the venue, and it was great. We had it there for two years, and that was actually where Dave Terry and and the Media Current team did the very first Drupal Camp. So it was kind of like a homecoming type event. And last year, we just decided based on the feedback, everyone was like, you know, Kennesaw is a long way from the airport. It's about, mm. uh, you know, it's about an hour ride. So we decided to take a chance, take a huge risk, and just go straight hotel. We did a contract with a hotel in Buckhead, which is kind of like the tech center of Atlanta. It's where, mm-hmm. it's where Atlanta Tech Village is, where a lot of startups are. And it was great. It was, it was fun because basically people stayed in that hotel you know, they went right downstairs to where all the sessions were and, you know, that was it. So we're, we're there again and it is November 8th through the 10th. So a day of training and then a morning of training. So um, it's, almost, it's almost like three days, really. Um, we have one day that's one, dedicated to all day trainings. Then on Friday, we have a morning training. I, and I don't know if anybody else does it this way. So all you organizers out there, let me know. Actually. I've been part of the Twin Cities Drupal Camp organization over the last few years. And we've typically had full day trainings on Thursdays, do two session days, so Friday and Saturday, then do uh, sprints on Sunday. Okay, okay. Um, So it's similar. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of work to put on a camp that's four days long. (laughs) I don't know how it happens, but it does. It happens. People do it. Yeah. Um, you do see Saturday session attendance does seem to kind of drop down. We don't see as many people on Saturday as you do on the Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we've kind of tr- uh, changed it in the last few years. I don't actually know what's going on this year. I haven't been involved in this year's organization at all, but I do know it's coming up in June in the Twin Cities. So we would love to have you visit us if you have a spare weekend. <laughs> For sure. Yes. Yes. A spare weekend. Of course. Of course. The, the one thing that we did differently, because that was actually one of our issues was, was Saturday attendance is that um, so Thursday is a full day training. Then Friday morning are half day trainings. Why do you and do that? Because people really enjoy the trainings. A lot of beginners come to Drupal Camp Atlanta. And then you also do have the advanced people. So I just feel like the value of trainings, you get a lot more out of them versus a 50-minute session. So we decided that the half-morning trainings would work, and then we don't start the camp, as far as concurrent sessions, until 1.30. So there's not that many sessions on Friday, but we have our little after-party Friday night. 
Yeah. And then we load Saturday so that people don't leave on I Saturday. I see. Well, That's a trick. really interesting we'll approach. We'll trick. Your yeah. training sessions, are they sponsored? Like, does Pantheon do a day of training? Or does Four Kitchens come in and do headless? I know we've done that in the past. Or are, th- are the trainings um, designed in a different way? I think it's probably the same, same thing. Um, we just reach out to different trainers. It was funny. I was talking to Mike Anello one day. I was like, you know, I feel bad going back to the well, should I say? Because we have been pretty successful of not reusing the same trainers as much. But then last year, it was just getting difficult because, you know, there's only so many people that do trainings. Like, yes, there are developer, there are great companies that do great work for building websites. But I, I have kind of a bias. You know, I'm in factory development. You know, I listen to all of my associate directors who are, you know, all above me and watch what they do. And there's a major difference to being a content expert versus a good teacher. And that's why teaching centers actually exist. I don't know if all you know this, but guess what? A lot of faculty don't get any training in teaching before they go into the classroom. Just a little, just a little tidbit. There's Um, no real time, uh, like shadowing someone. Now you get a PhD, you're, you get thrown right in the classroom. We like to go after the, the organizations that do training. So I was talking with Mike Canelo. Obviously, Drupal Easy is a training company. Jeez, what's her name? Susanna. Don't kill me, Susanna. I'm not even going to attempt to say your last name. From, uh, uh, come I on. I know who you're talking about. Evolving Web from Canada. They do lots of trainings. Turning Leaf, I think. Is Turning Leaf? Big Leaf. Man, I should have had all these companies listed. I'm so sorry, guys, <laughs> if I'm destroying... Your company titles, I apologize. We'll hook you up at Drupal Camp and win, all right? I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But anyway. Sam Kennedy. Yes. Yes. No, her. her. Oh, Derek Cheva. <laughs> she, we actually talked and she taught me how to say Derek it. Derek Cheva. I can't Der, say it. Dervachovic. 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 Let's, let's do it. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we, we try to go after companies that are actually doing training as a business. And I was talking with Mike. I was like, you know, I feel bad because, you know, there's only so many companies that, uh, that do trainings all the time. And he's like, don't feel bad. That's what we do for a business. It's a great opportunity for all of us. We're actually honored to come here. So it was very nice to hear from him how, how he kind of uh, – thought from his his perspective so yeah we we reach out to them um we don't pay our trainers um they contribute their time and we try to keep the training costs um as low as possible just basically to cover catering so do you guys also do boffs we just that's one area that we have to do a little bit better of boffs you know our camp ranges anywhere from 180 to 200 people I know that's a decent size for some camps, but, you know, like compared to, you know, Drupal Corn, even mid camp, right? I mean, mid camp must have more than that. Florida, I think, is getting much larger and bad camp and stuff like that. Bad camp and nice as well. Yeah, it's just like when you're organizing, you're just doing so many things. And like the boss are the one thing that just kind of always just fall off our radar. Because there's only, always only so much room space, especially, you know, because we are doing a different model by using hotel. Hotels are very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of risk associated. Like our contract, I think, was about $30,000 with hotel room guarantees. So space was limited, so we just, we just didn't do it. So at 
Twin Cities Drupal Camp, we rely quite heavily on the Drupal Association for all of the fiscal responsibilities with putting our camp together. Mm. And you said that it's really expensive to get a hotel in the mix. I know, yeah. I know that using a university or any other location, mm -hmm. you still have to sign a contract. You still have to pay for it. You do. Do you also use the Drupal Association or do you have some other form of uh, your camp? We do not. We do not use the Drupal Association. We have our own, but, you know, and I think you know, I talked about this once on the Wallabot podcast. Um, you know, that's one piece of advice I would give to organizers is go ahead and incorporate and get your own LLC. We have our own LLC. We have our own tax so, ID. So you're actually a for-profit. You're not, not a non-profit. Correct. Correct. That's we're actually, we're, we're an LLC. I mean, I guess technically we're a... You know how you've seen those commercials where they say we are a not for profit? There's actually a difference between the two. Of course. Um, so yeah, we're, I guess we're registered as a organization, a not for profit, but that's not the, the non nonprofit 501c3 status that most people think. But we are actually in the process of, you know, we're set up, we have bylaws, we have our official board, we have official voting procedures. So we are set up to actually apply for 501c3 status. We just haven't done it yet. So yeah, we don't use the Drupal Association at all. Um, I believe they take a percentage they do. of funding. I think it was 7% the last time I checked. And you know what? 7% to us is a big deal. So we just kind of do our own thing. Luckily, thank you so much to all our sponsors. You, you know, if, it's, if it wasn't for you, we couldn't do it. So we've just been very lucky. And again, a lot of, most of our success is because of Dave Terry and Media Current. They were able to um, pass on all of that knowledge, pass on the sponsor contact information. I mean, you know, sensitive information to just pass off to a bunch of volunteers. And, yeah. you know, we built in that trust and um, that was a huge, uh, that's a huge reason why, why it was successful. What are your current passions? I know that when I first saw you speak, it was as a, a person asking a question in the Drupal diversity and inclusion session that I went to. And I was struck by your story about how you came to be involved in DDI. And it seems to be to be one of your passions. And I was, I was hoping you could kind of tell the same story about how you got involved. Yeah, um, I wish I could remember what question I answered. I don't remember what question it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I remember. I think I remember. So I think one of the, the I, I just got up and I just said, um, you know, a lot of people jump to the conclusions. So first off, let me just first say diversity is a very fluid topic. It's, it's changing every second. And there's a million people out there that say they're experts. And I always laugh at that because it's like, man, how are you going to be an expert on this topic? It just changes every single day. It changes so frequently. And it's really about people talking about their experiences. Um, that's, how, that's how I feel. So don't, don't destroy me, people out there, because I know that there are people that are love to destroy me on diversity issues. But um, it really kind of came about by accident, really. I mean, I've really had no in intent um, to get in diversity and inclusion. And, and again, it's probably because of where I grew up. You know, I grew up in a situation where I didn't know any different as far as being, you know, the quote unquote token black kid everywhere. I'm always that person. And um, I had to learn how to adapt frequently. Um, 
it's funny because there's actually a real term called code switching. I don't know if you've heard of that term. Code switching. Yes. Yeah. Code. Have you heard of that term? I so, have, but I haven't heard of it used in the same, in the context that you were describing. Yeah. So code, code switching in DDI is, is a situation where, um, you know, you talk one way around your friends, um, but then you're, you have the ability to, to change how you talk or how you act based on, um, your environment. And this is, I've, I've experienced this my whole life. This, uh, <laughs> so I, now I have a name for what, so I, I grew up in South Africa with two oh, parents that immigrated from Croatia. So wow. I spoke Croatian and thought Croatian at home. But when I went to school, it was all English from a South African point of view. Absolutely. So that's code switching. Yeah. Being able to, and, you know, of course, there's going to be people that say, well, guess what? You shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to code switch. You should be able to be yourself. And look, I agree with those sentiments, of course, but I'm also a very, I'm a very, I'm an, and maybe me being from the Northeast too is kind of makes me a little bit more harsh, I guess, but I'm also kind of a realist, you know, like I know that's how it should be, but that's not how it is. So yeah, I guess I do have some privilege there because I've always been able to to code switch my whole life. So I, I didn't realize that I had that ability. So, you know, I saw some posts on, on Drupal.org and um, I was like, well, I mean, I don't see very many people that look like me. Maybe I, sh I can provide a perspective that's, that's different and a perspective that is gonna kind of go against the grain. Like, you know, you, you see, you know, uh, African-American on, on a DDI team, you're gonna make an assumption that, you know, there's a certain tone, there's a certain angle that they're going to play. And I just feel like I, I do provide a different perspective. Oh, yes. And I remember what I, what I talked about was they were talking about how do we get underrepresented groups involved with Drupal more often and that we need to provide financial scholarships so that we can get more underrepresented groups involved. The one thing I feel like we just need to be a little bit careful of is jumping to conclusions. So I'm from an underrepresented group, but I didn't need any help financially. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, right. and I'm sure Kobe Bryant's kids don't need any help financially or LeBron James's kids don't need any help financially. So it's all coming from a good place. And that's probably a barrier for a lot of underrepresented groups, but that's not the barrier for all underrepresented for all. groups. Right. So, you know, we, you know we're, in a, we're in a situation right now in society where, you know, you can't be right in the middle you know, you kind of are far one side or far the other side. And I feel like um, I put myself right in the middle. I think it's important to be centrist. I, th I think we're all fundamentally centrist. It's the society that we live in and the experiences that we have that push us in one way and another. We kind of need that and yearn for that balance. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you know what? It's hard to be in the middle. It, it is. It's really easy to go extreme because that's where you can, you know, truly, um, realize your fears and just let them, you know, let them be a, a bad thing on the world. Right. right. And, and there's a, there's a group for you, right? If you're all, the way the, if you're all the way to the far left, there's a group for you, there's support for you. So it's, it's natural to be that way. Right. There's a group all the way to the right. You know, like I remember someone asking me a, a while ago, I, was, I think it was in college. I was like, Oh, how come you don't hang out with the basketball team more often? I was like, <laughs> I mean, like, what does that mean, bro? Yeah. I mean, I don't even understand what that means. Like, 
I like metal music and I like, you know, partying. So whoever likes those things are the people. I like those people. So I don't know. I don't just for I mean, those I did hang out with some people from the basketball team, but they were also people that had multiple interests too. But it wasn't like, you know, they were like, Oh, why aren't you hanging out with the basketball team? I'm like, what? Like, well, hey, I'm a football player and then B, like, you know, we go hard. <laughs> <laughs> Just for those who don't know what DDI is and what Drupal Diversity oh, wow. Inclusion is, mm-hmm. uh, can you give us a quick description of the group um, and maybe when it started? I don't know the answers to all that. Oh, <laughs> I, have, uh, I have two thoughts. I think, I think DDI started two years ago. So what's funny is there's a website called Drupal Diversity, which I did have the pleasure of working with some people in the theming. So, you know, it was fun to do that with everybody. We think diversity.com. Right? Mm-hmm. And then let's see the history. Nikki Stevens started, gave a presentation and started the group. They don't have a year on here, which they should have a year on here. We Nikki, should open an issue in the queue. Nikki, if you're listening, I feel like you should put the year. Oh, Drupal con New Orleans. So I guess there you, you go. So we do. The, rough time frame on there. So New Orleans would have been 2016. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just, I saw the, the channel, I jumped in, saw a lot of conversations. And, you know, again, that's something that my, my wife and I also stumbled upon as far as, you know, from the consulting side. And I figured that I, I should lend some of my personal experiences and help out. So that's really, that's really what I have for it. I mean, you know, there's a whole bunch of other people that have done a, t- a lot more work than I have in the initiative, but I felt like, you know, it is, it is a place where I should try to help, you know, cause I could, I could definitely provide a, uh, because a lot of times in these initiatives, and that's actually something that I also brought up in that, that things. So a lot of times in these initiatives, there, there, there aren't very many people of, underrepresented groups that are actually participating. So I kind of looked at like, who's, you know, participating. I'm like, well, you know, I feel like, you know, there's, you know, because diversity is a lot of things. So I'm sure there's, you know, sexual orientations, uh, how people identify. Um, there's religion, there's lack religion. of I'm religion. I'm sure there's all kinds of, of things. Yeah. Right. But visually, visually, um, there, there weren't, there, there wasn't that much. So I felt like, you know what, I should definitely, I shouldn't be on the sidelines for this. I should definitely help. So that's really where I came from. And I, I think, I think you're right. I think that's, um, you have to, if you, in my opinion, if you want to see additional diversity being modeled through the rest of the community, you have to not be modeled. If you want additional, if you want diversity in the community and you want more participation and involvement, it's easier if you, as a community member, see, see that behavior being modeled for you because then you know how you might want to behave. And so Absolutely. I felt kind of bad when I, I thought, I want to be part of this, but I'm just going to join the channel and then what? So I don't know how, like, I don't know if that's good or not. And I think that, I think Kathy or XJM, one of them said something like, that's okay. You can join the channel and you can, 
participate by lurking because when you're lurking, you're actually seeing that behavior being yes. modeled. And when you see how that behavior is modeled, you very easily can take it out into the community and remodel that to your peers in IRL, in a camp setting, in your mm -hmm. daily work life. And so that actually made me feel like, oh, it's okay that I'm just here watching because I'm, I'm actually learning something subconsciously. You know, you, and that's the thing. It's like, I've always, you know, I, I've said some interesting things before where people probably just looked at me crazy, but like, you know, I was, I, I was in a, what was it, one of those round table, one of those private round tables. Panels. Uh, yeah, at, at DrupalCon. And uh, I told a story where I was like, look, you know, I just have a different, I'm a, I'm a different animal in this, in this, in this field because it's just how I am and who I am. And it's like, I, in high school, I had a beer with a skinhead before. And people just, I, I wish you were, I wish I had a camera. Oh, I'm going to call you out, Fatima. I'm going to call you out. I'm sorry, Sugar Overflow. You should have saw her face. She was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she, almost, she was like, oh my God, no way. But uh, yeah, because I was like, I had to know. I was so curious. Yeah. You know, like, why the hell do you hate me? You don't even know me. You know me. Like, yeah. we're actually drinking the same beer. And actually, right. you're wearing a shirt of a band that I like. You know, so we had a crazy conversation. I mean, I wish I could remember what we were talking about. But, you know, of course, you know, we didn't hug it out or nothing like that. You know, but at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, of course, of course, I wanted to, you know, I was... Of course, I had feelings inside of I shouldn't be talking to this person. You know, I can't stand this person. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I heard some things that he said from his point of view. I didn't agree with it. But then he heard some things that I said, and maybe he agreed with it or not. And the night was fine after that. But, like, you have to be able to – you need a safe space. Um, that's what's great about working at Kennesaw State University is, you know, we have tons of resources and trainings and academics are always researching this stuff and they're very thoughtful and we attended a safe space training and um you know it's a training so that you make sure everybody feels included and one of the um one of the 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 areas that i always thought was interesting as far as safe space that no one really kind of touches upon is sometimes people want to are curious and want to ask questions they shouldn't be you know, dragged across the coals because they asked a question that they're honestly curious and it, the question could be offensive, you know? So like, like, like how is someone going to learn if we can't talk? And someone the other day was like, well, how did you stumble upon doing diversity consulting? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Somebody asked us. And mm. they're like, well, you know, they probably asked you because they felt comfortable. You know, yeah. I, my, wife, my wife is white. We have a biracial family. Maybe that comfort was enough for them to say, hey, I, you know, we have a problem. Can, can you help us? And explain, and maybe they were comfortable saying why they were, they were uncomfortable. So I always say um, diversity is about being comfortable being uncomfortable. Like it's okay to feel uncomfortable.
that's a okay. that's a great way to summarize it. It yeah. certainly is. I I do see the Slack channel on Drupal Slack, the diversity inclusion channel, as being a safe space. Like I can I know like that's one of the two or three channels that I'm actually following, and it's most certainly a safe space where you can say something and not worry about the backlash. And you can um, and but I I do think it takes time to get used to that. Of course, to, you know. And someone's response might be a little, you know, maybe it's a little, you know, a little harsh, but at the same time, I think there's other people that, that jump in and say, Hey, no, it's okay. That's a good question. And actually, this is why, like, I remember someone posted like, Hey, this is a blog post I'm writing. Can you provide me some feedback? And they got crushed, but like other people also, you know, um, made them feel okay. Like, no, first off, we're not attacking you. We're, we are very proud and happy that you asked the question. So don't, please don't take any of the criticisms as um, attacks on you. You're asking the question and we're providing you the feedback. So um, that, that's, that's the part that's really been intriguing. My, my, my boss has had a huge impact on me. He's, you know, very well known in the faculty development field. And he, you know, he talks a lot about LGBTQ. Um, so, you know, without him, without the, my colleagues at, at work, I definitely wouldn't have a lot of this knowledge that I have. So, um, and again, we are all very comfortable with each other. So we ask all sorts of ridiculous questions. And also you're really nice and easy to talk to. So I think that helps too. Yeah, I try to be. I try. <laughs> I try. <laughs> well, I don't know what else to ask you. I mean, I, I, we're kind of running up against our kind of, soft limit of 30 minutes i right. i uh, feel like i do have a whole lot more to ask you but we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap it up do you have anything you wanted to say or ask no i don't know let's see let me you know you put me on the spot here me, i know i gotta you know. put you on the spot as well that's okay. okay i gotta do my you know if i'm not marketing i'm not doing my job right okay so fair enough. we also have mini camp online coming up in june what is that it's mini camp online so what we've decided as the minicamponline.org. What we've decided as the Atlanta Drupal Users Group is we no longer do meetups um, because it was very difficult. If anyone's ever been in Atlanta traffic, it's very difficult. So it was hard for people to get yeah. a place in the city at the right time. So we decided, look, why don't we take the money that we make from Drupal Camp Atlanta and try to put on other programming at a much reduced cost to the community. So the first year we did minicamp as a single day track in person camp. It was great, we had about 100 people. It was awesome. But then we realized, you know what? Maybe we should try this thing online. So this is our second year doing it online. We did it last year, it was great. I think the call for proposals already ended, although the link's still up there. So yeah, we're gonna have a Drupal mini camp online is June 7th, Thursday, June 7th. It's, it's very affordable, it's like, you know, 2015 or 25 bucks or something like that. We're going to have some great speakers and you're going to be able to attend the conference right from your office, right from your computer. We use this, oh, I can't remember the, the platform that we use, uh, but basically it's real cool. You, you know, you can chat and ask questions and um, it's really neat. People enjoyed it last year. So we have mini camp Atlanta coming June 7th. Um, and of course, Drupal camp Atlanta, we need more presenters. We want, we want to break the 300 mark. So hot Atlanta in November, if you're in the North, it's still about, you know, 80 degrees, 75, 80. Wow. So come on down um, and enjoy it. And uh, I'd have to say that's probably about it. Probably well, about it. 
uh, we'll put those links in the transcript. They'll be on the website as well. So that's minicamponline.org for the one-day track June 7th. That's correct. There is the Atlanta User Group's uh, camp, Atlanta camp. And that's uh, November 8th to November 10th. That's a Thursday through a Saturday. The website for that is... DrupalCampAtlanta.com. Kaleem, it's been a great pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for your time. Great conversation. Um, you're Kay Clarkson on Drupal.org. Yep. And uh, Kaleem Clarkson on Twitter. Yep, yep. And I don't know how many times I've had to prevent myself from saying Kelly Clarkson. Oh. So. <laughs> well, actually, Kelly's my cousin. We're, we're tight. That's oh, my you big, are? Oh, that's yeah, good. We're, we're cousins. <laughs> cousins from another mother, of course, right? <laughs> Thanks very much for your time. Awesome. You've been listening to the 107 podcast. Find us online at 107.com slash podcast. And if you have a second, do send us a message. We love hearing from you. Our our email address is podcast at 107.com. Until next time, this is Ivan Stegich. Thanks for listening.